This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to Theology Gaming Sessions. My name is Zachary Oliver and the other person's name is... Nathan Troll Magnet Marchand. <laughs> yeah, an appropriate name for you as of recent events. Yeah, including on the Theology Gaming website. Yeah, goodness. What is it with you and the trolls? That's our I topic. I don't know. That's what I get. You know, I, ha- I happen to be a-, a fellow with strong opinions, and sometimes I try to present them, not on Theology Gaming this week, but on YouTube, <laughs> I try to present them a-, a bit satirically, and people either don't get the joke or they assume that I'm always like this, so hey, let's make fun of it. <laughs> All right, well, you are a victim of what we all call trolling or what we call internet argumentation or any number of euphemisms everyone has experienced this no one is safe <laughs> you can be no one is safe on the internet no you're not no safe. one is safe on the internet you're not safe I thought, it's in- yeah well and the thing that's interesting is I, I actually did a bit of research on internet trolling because i have never been the focus of so much trolling in my entire life so it's kind of a new experience for me and i actually found out that the term troll is derived from troll T-R-A-W-L, which is what people would do in the prehistoric age of the internet when on message boards and forums. <laughs> really? And then and it evolved into troll because I guess people picture that, you know, the people like that, they picture them as these trolls that hide under bridges like in the Three Billy Goats Gruff waiting for someone to come by and then they jump up and club them in the head or something. Okay, that is uh, disturbing. <laughs> Thank you for the etymology, but I think we're going to stick with the uh, internet trolling. Well, that's that's what it is. It's internet troll. That's where right. the internet trolling came from. I will provide everyone with the proper context to understand our discussion. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Nathan Marchand wrote an article about Batman and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and respecting authority. Mm-hmm. At the same time, or in and around the same time, he also made a video on his YouTube channel about the upcoming movie adaptation of the Twilight fan fiction turned original book turned BSDM sort of crazy thing that women seem to love in popular culture, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Now, he made a, um, I would say, over-the-top satirical video deriding the Fifty Shades of Grey movie without having seen it or read the book. Which uh, I I've, guess, read por- I've read portions I've read of the portions, book. Which from the internet's perspective is something liable to mean that someone should find you where you live and do horrible things to you. <laughs> at least in verbal form. Yes. And at the same time, your Batman article inspired the ire of one uh, well, you know what? You people can go on the internet and look at the article and tell me what his name is because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but I remember he, his name, but I will not mention him. But he claims that you were a white apologist or a person who was an unconscious racist who was benefiting from white privilege. Yeah, pretty much. So there were two perspectives. One side was attacking you for attacking their entertainment the other one was attacking you for expressing your personal moral belief about police officers and 
whether or not Christians can either fight against authority or accept authority, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. what what really got to me was that he was latching onto something that really was just the details of the article it was like one or two lines when the focus of the piece was on something much bigger than that. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the Internet. We take one line yeah. and we take it out of context and whatever it is that applies to us personally, we get in a bit of a, a fuss over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know what? We may as well turn this into a theology gaming monologues and just have you read the whole thing so that everybody mm-hmm. understands what you're saying. And then afterward, I can kind of ask you questions about what you meant in specific. Okay. Shall we begin? Yes. Begin. All right. Our title of the piece, as you mentioned, is Batman, Bonhoeffer, and Respecting Authority. I feel weird fighting cops. I've been thinking that a lot the last few months while playing Batman Arkham Origins. Since this game takes place early in the Dark Knight's career, he's yet to make any allies in his war on crime, let alone any in the Gotham City Police Department. He doesn't even play nice with Lieutenant Jim Gordon. I fought some cops as I navigated Gotham, but I figured it was self-defense since they didn't know if Batman existed or if they could trust him. Yet something didn't feel kosher about beating them up. Then came the point where Batman must infiltrate GCPD headquarters to acquire some information, which leads to the usual Arkham shenanigans of sneaking in combat. The in-game justification is that most officers in the GCPD are corrupt, taking bribes from crime lords, so in Batman's eyes, they're no different than criminals. During a Predator encounter, I heard these officers talking about killing Batman, i.e. me, the player, which only solidified the Kate Crusader's statement from the previous cutscene. I was grateful to see Jim Gordon was, as Alfred put it, quote, the one good apple in the bad bunch, end quote, but my uneasiness still didn't waver. In most games where players fight cops, they're playing as criminals, like in the Grand Theft Auto series. Those games' negative perception of cops was one of my many reasons for finding them unappealing, but at least I knew where they stood. Arkham Origins, however, swims in the murky gray. Ironically, it's because Batman sees the world in black and white. People are either law followers or criminals, regardless of whether or not they carry a badge. While he's a vigilante, he isn't a bad guy. He, sort of, works with the police by having Alfred contact them to come pick up the criminals he captures and leaves them the evidence he collected. This dichotomy only added to my uneasiness. I don't have this fighting against other, quote, corrupt authority figures. I come from a military family, and I and hate seeing American soldiers be demonized by politicians and the media, yet I have no qualms about fighting the military in video games. But battling the police bothers me. Part of it might be all the recent tragedies slash controversies regarding so-called police brutality. But even before that, I heard people spout phrases like, bleep the police. Rap music is replete with anti-cop vitriol. I think it's because the police are the most immediate government officials most people deal with. They enforce laws. They keep the peace. Criminals rightfully see them as enemies. Others, like people who uh, who are pulled over for speeding, see them as nuisances. Not only will they be late for work, they're financially inconvenienced by the speeding ticket. This breeds resentment toward cops. Adding reports of alleged police brutality is like pouring gasoline on a fire. Are there cops out there who are abusing their authority and or neglecting their duties? Yes, but they're a minority. I believe most police officers deserve the utmost respect for the risks they take and the sacrifices they make. 
On the other hand, I, like Batman, have a strong sense of justice, so I want to see evildoers punished. Despite my uneasiness about fighting cops, I'm inclined to rebel against the government that is abusing its power. If I lived in a country suffering under the boot of a tyrannical dictator, I'd join a resistance movement. But then there's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 13. Every person is to be in subject to the governing of authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they have opposed, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Verses 1 to 2. Aye, there's the rub, as Hamlet said. It seems like a paradox. God ju establishes all rulers. Does that include the likes of Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and Kim Jong-il? Christians are commanded to overcome evil, but what if that evil is perpetrated by the leaders God has apparently appointed? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, author of The Cost of Discipleship, faced this dilemma when the Nazis seized control of his beloved Germany. As a pastor, he believed the above scripture, but he couldn't deny the evils the, gov the new government was committing. So he made the difficult decision of joining a conspiracy to assassinate Hitler. While the plot failed and he was captured and executed by the Nazis, Bonhoeffer is a hero to many people, including me. But were his intentions justified? Perhaps the answer lies in something Bonhoeffer said. We are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice. We are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself, end quote. It may not be our right to kill the tyrants, that privilege belongs only to God, but I would argue Christians must do whatever they can to combat their evils. Paul's fellow apostle, Peter, offers some related advice. When questioned by the Sanhedrin why the apostles kept preaching against their orders, he replied, We must obey God rather than man. Acts 5.29 Proclaiming the gospel defied authority and broke the law, but God's commands trumped man's laws. Peter probably had Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 in mind. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Sanhedrin obviously didn't know or understand the mind of God, or else they'd let the apostles preach. But the apostles never tried to kill the Sanhedrin or usurp their authority, which might have happened in most similar cases. Instead, they simply continued to do what was right and let God deal with their antagonists. Going back to Arkham Origins, Batman arguably does the same thing. He never kills any of the crooked cops or tries to become judge, jury, and executioner with criminals. He gathers evidence and captures bad guys, but he leaves the justice process to the police and legal system. These are just a few of my own thoughts on this multifaceted and difficult topic. Feel free to discuss it further in the comments. As my French, French ancestors hopefully said during World War II, Viva la resistance! <laughs> okay, well, that was a pretty interesting read. That's what I thought mm -hmm. when I read it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't quite understand where the white privilege came into it. Yeah. The thing I, is, I, I it's, think it's... Yeah, you use it as an example because you have uh, lots of people who are involved in governmental authority or uh, police enforcement, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. in your family, right? Yeah, I, I'm from a military family. Both of my grandfathers were World War II veterans. Both of my parents were 
members of a local branch of the Indiana Air National Guard. That's where they met. Huh, okay. You know, uh, it, it runs in the family. So it makes sense that you would use an example like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I, I used to work as a journalist in a, in a small town, so I was... I did. I frequently went and talked with the local police officers and such, and you know they were they were nice people, you know. So, did you have any definitive proof that most police officers are not corrupt, or did you just merely make a conjectural statement? I guess you could argue it's a conjectural statement, but. Uh, I've also, you know, following the news and, you know, I listen to, I'll, I'll admit it, I listen to a lot of uh, conservative talk radio and they've been talking a lot about those those incidents yeah, like that Ferguson. have been in the news the last, yeah, Ferguson and such. And they've been, they would present evidence saying that, you know, this is just a horrible perception that people are trying to put out there. And they're trying to, and it's usually being put out by these race leaders who are trying to stir up controversy, stir up, you know, minorities to hate the police officers and assume that they're just out there to crush them under their boots and oppress them. Hmm. When I don't think that's necessarily true. And we could get into a whole other, dis- you know, a whole other thing, <laughs> you know, all these dis- statistics and all that about, you know, which races commit the most violent crimes and all of these sorts of things. Cause I've, I've yeah. heard all of it, which could be all of based off systemic injustices in those systems, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Thing, I, I'm pretty sure we've, we've heard a lot of those arguments before. <laughs> yeah. It's a complicated issue. And I suppose I could have presented you know, statistics or whatever saying, this proves what I just said, but yeah. it's, or you could have said it wasn't the experience. point of the article. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it, it wasn't the point of the article. No. The point of the article was that playing Arkham Origins, because th- it, I played all of the Arkham games, and this was the only one that I can remember where Batman actually fights the police. In the other ones, it's always criminals and supervillains. So this was kind of a weird thing for me. I'm not used hmm. to seeing, uh, not used to doing that in a game, and it made me stop and think. Well, what about? This old, you know, debate that's been in Christianity about whether or not it's right to respect corrupt authority or not. If God establishes all authority, as as Paul says, then what do you do about people like Adolf Hitler, like Nero, who burned Christians alive and, you know, persecuted Christianity and you know, all these horrible people out there who managed to get themselves into power? What do you do with that? And there's differing perspectives. You have one, and uh, Mm -hmm. the early church has another one, which is mostly to reject any prevailing narratives and not to worship other gods, and also thereby end up either executed or persecuted as a result, Mm -hmm. which is an alternative explanation, the pacifist one, I guess we could say in general. Yeah. So there are multiple ways to look at it, which you did mention at the end. You didn't mm-hmm. specifically mention it, but I, I mean, it's pretty much assumed if you have any understanding of the history of the Christian church, pacifism fits in somewhere and is still a prevailing line of thought in a lot of churches now. Yeah, and because I will admit, I, it's one of those things, it's a complicated issue, and I, I have my views on it. But I'm not going to sit here and preach it like it's gospel. No. <laughs> you know, 
I, I've got, I will freely admit I could easily be wrong. Very easily. This is one of those debatable issues for me. And there's, I, and I honestly think there's a lot more of them than people really want to admit. I mean, there are certain core beliefs that all Christians should believe and agree upon. And then there are a lot of them that there's room for interpretation. There's room for debate. But they want to treat it like it's as just as much solid gospel as you know the death and resurrection of Christ. Yeah, and that can happen. And when people believe that they are right, right, and always right in some particular issue, what can happen is what happened in the comments section. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird thing was, it was just one guy. I mean, there were I shared the article in a in a few Facebook groups, and there were some nice comments on there. And but this one guy, I don't know where he came from. <laughs> Yeah, I also um your article drips with white privilege. Yeah, that was one of his lines. I think first he said first he said here are a few points that I did actually agree with you on. Oh, but by the way, it your your article drips with white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like one part of the whole article. Yeah. And then what really astonished me is and I don't know if this guy listens to the podcast or not, but I'm, you know, but I'm curious. What really confused me was he insisted he was only criticizing the text and not trying to impinge my character. I think in some sense you could say that. <laughs> okay, so let, let's just uh, cleave this together, right? There's a difference between criticizing an author and criticizing the work that they wrote, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in some sense they are linked, right? Because what you believe and what you're thinking are definitely going to show up in anything you write or any piece of media, right? That's why mm-hmm. we have, like, comic books or video games or whatever. There, You get fingerprints of the author in those. doesn't matter how many people are involved. Mm-hmm. You're always going to get some sense of the priorities of that person who made that, right? Mm-hmm. But depending on the language in which you convey your criticisms, it can easily turn into an attack on the person. And I think saying that you are a white power structure apologist is a bit of a, uh, I would say, a personal attack. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it got to me. It's like, I'm just saying the text is, this is what the text is doing, but I'm like, but I wrote the text. Because it says, I am guessing you are either white or an apologist for the white power structure. Okay, that's first an, off, that's I, an accusation, right? Yeah, it is. And I have to <laughs> say, though, is it just me? Or okay, I guess I hadn't commented by that point, so he didn't see my my disgust avatar. But so he, yeah, actually, I can let, let that one slide because first, is I'm assuming you're white or a white or a white power uh, apologist. Yeah, I'm thinking. Wait, did you not see my picture? I'm most definitely Caucasian. <laughs> but no, he hadn't seen it. I forgot about that. So I can't say I can't knock that against him. So. Yeah, and then he used. Although couple... I would have loved to have seen his face if I turned out to be black. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, but he also basically said he basically used an incendiary example to prove his point, which was like segregation was upheld in the South with the law and war on drugs and uh, things that can be interpreted in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. Like some, there are conspiracy theorists who believe that drugs are used to put down minorities and place them in ghettos and other such things, right? 
or that, let's say, society as a whole is designed to favor one race over another, right? So that's where white privilege comes from, or privilege in general of white males, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, which is interesting because a few months ago, I, I wrote a blog post uh, about about Doctor Who because there was this kind of thing that was going through the fandom where people were saying, oh, the Doctor should regenerate into a woman. That would be amazing. And I, like a lot of people, including other women, I might say, uh, were writing saying, that would be a bad idea, and this is why it would be a bad idea. I had someone on my Facebook page read it, and then kind of in a nice way say that it was written because uh, it was written in such a way that indicated I had male privilege. So like, huh. So in the last <laughs> couple of months, I have learned that I have both male privilege and white privilege, which I guess means this, that which I guess means that since I am a white male and have privileges thanks to both, I am the devil. Uh, well, I mean, they, they are um, unearned privileges. I guess this is just to talk about privilege theory for a second. It's about unearned privileges and it well, in my view, it's a bit of a reductionist binary system in which to view reality. Mm -hmm. So you basically are placing people in opposition. You either have white privilege or you don't have privilege or you're a, you have male privilege or you don't have male privilege, right? One side is on the side of the oppressor and the other one is on the side of the oppressed. And you're kind of in this dialectical conflict for, for the, you know, for justice, for control yeah. of reality. For yeah. your own particular viewpoint. But that's not which, how things work. Yeah. Which what really gets to me is – and I tried to explain this to this guy. I was just like, okay. I, I conceded his point briefly. I conceded his point briefly and I said, let's assume I have right privilege. I didn't ask for it. I couldn't help where and when I was born, what color of skin I had. I, I couldn't help any of that. And I've certainly not knowingly taken advantage of the fact that I'm white. Yeah, but you're still you're still benefiting from it. So you need to also accept and declare that you are a racist. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I think that was a little too far. Yeah, that was too far. And I've seen that. I, I, I There was a class I took when I was in college, and I've regretted taking that class so much since then. I'm just like, huh. So I like this... Because I needed a cross-cultural credit to graduate, so I said, "What are my?" I said, "What are my options for doing it?" I said, "You can take this class or go on a mission, or go on a mission trip, or study abroad, or something like that." I'm like, "Okay, I guess at this point, I don't. There's not much else I can do other than take that class. I should have went abroad." I got so sick of that class because one of the things that one of the because all I kept thinking the whole class, if I had to summarize that entire semester in that class, it would be white people are evil. <laughs> Yeah, we even well, read a book. We even read a book that was supposed to be about, oh, about these letters that were exchanged between these two friends, both Christian, one white, one black. And for some odd reason, they started talking about racial issues and got to the point where the white guy suddenly feels like he owes his black friend apologies for crimes he didn't commit. and that uh, Crimes he didn't commit and crimes that this guy didn't suffer from. Maybe his ancestors uh, suffered from them, and maybe the white guy's ancestors committed them, but neither one of them owed each other an apology. And I'm sitting here thinking, is this supposed to be some sort of lesson to me? Am I supposed to go up to every black person I know, any ethnic person I know, and say, I'm sorry for crimes I didn't commit? It is very strange. And I have to. I'm just like, no, that's not how this works. You don't apologize for things you didn't do. Yeah, I was like, this is the Old Testament. I don't have to apologize for the sins of my fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, which is strange, right? It's it's basically that concept, almost in a nutshell. It's just instituting a new law of a sort. Yeah. And yeah. and then the man went further on to accuse us all of groupthink for uh, thinking that video games were a theologically inspiring and or enlightening exercise, which is when things kind of devolved into um, not so much name-calling, but I just had to settle it. Yeah. <laughs> there, there wasn't any There wasn't any name-calling. If, no. if you want to classify the guy as a troll, he's one of the nicer trolls I've seen, yeah, and he at least nice tried to have an intelligent conversation about it. It's just that he came from a mindset that was not going to budge no matter how good of an argument you presented to him. Yeah, and it seemed like the last thing that I presented was a little too problematic for him and so he just went up and left. So, that's well, the internet considering you. you posted a comment that easily could have been an article on Theology Game, it was pretty long, dude. It was a short treatise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, this is the kind of thing, this is why I personally after hearing a lot about this, do not personally believe that privilege theory is something that is helpful and or useful. So I've, yeah. I went to Boston University School of Theology. They teach a lot of this stuff. Not necessarily like this is reality, but this is something that's in the Christian tradition and is an option. So there is like black power theology and there is feminist theology and they do in some senses teach an ideal of privilege theory. Of course there are alternatives to that but it's just this is the kind of thing where people take privilege theory and accept it without any qualifications and then turn yeah. it into this um how do you call it? A methodology to accuse people of things and be right. Yeah. Well, let, let me throw this at you then. Do you you say that privilege theory is not? How would you put it? it it's not an accurate representation of reality. I or I don't believe it's a useful theoretical framework. Okay. Perspective for understanding reality because it is forced by nature of its structure to place people in categories, which okay. is exactly what happened on this comment thread. Yeah, well, then let me ask you this, though. Do you think, at any point, white privilege actually did exist? I mean, it sounds like a stupid question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. In the time frame in which slavery of uh, African Americans by white people? Yes. You would have to say yes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's of course what I mean. That's why I said this could be a stupid question, but I'm going to throw it out there. When uh, when African Americans were owned by white slave owners, then you would have to say yes. <laughs> they did enjoy certain privileges over the people that they owned because they were considered property. This is true, but an interesting fact about that is that there were also black slave owners in the United States yes, at that time. Yes, I know. Nobody liked... And there was also no, almost nobody talks about it, but that I was just saying almost nobody talks about yeah. that. And but. there's also a black regiment of the Confederate Army, which is another mm -hmm. one of those strange facts of history that no one understands. And when you see these kinds of weird complexities, right, that some black people did want to preserve the South for whatever reason, whether who knows brainwashing or maybe their personal decisions or whatever, right? 
Yeah. There is complexity there that's not easily definable by just a simple, well, it's definitely a black versus white issue. Yeah. See, I think that might be one of the biggest flaws with the privilege theory is that it allows no room for nuance. Yeah, it allows no point. room for those anomalies of history, as we just described. Yeah, and there are lots of them. Maybe not all of them are recorded, but they're not part of the narrative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's basically where I came to my conclusions about these things. I did a lot of research, yeah. and I thought about it, and I said, well, privilege theory does hasn't seemed to have done a lot of good for the flourishing of human knowledge and dialogue. So no. it doesn't seem useful to me. No, it, it's not useful at all, but because it almost seems like it is something, the theory itself, uh, it came about as an overreaction to an injustice, but by overreacting, you end up creating another injustice. Yeah, it has to win in order to succeed. I wrote about yeah. this in my thesis, actually, so if anyone's curious. <laughs> oh, you wrote, you, 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 you wrote, a, no wonder you were so knowledgeable on this. You, your thesis was, was about this? Well, I've read the, the primary authors from which this kind of theory is based, specifically ah. from a theological perspective. Ah. And then I also have my knowledge from philosophy also that I kind of put up on it. Mm-hmm. They speak in absolutes about things that you couldn't actually ever know for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that, it's conjectural, which is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike your police report, which was an actual uh, document of police officers' reactions and whether or not there's a certain percentage of uh, corrupt or let's say underhanded cops or those sorts of things, mm-hmm. those are and, things we can actually prove. Yeah, and that was something I found with a simple Google search, and ironically, I found it because. There was some sort of variant of Facebook, or I don't know, maybe it's just you could like it, do a Facebook like or something. There was some sort of website that made this graphic that was supposed to illustrate the conclusions made from this article, and it was presenting them in a fairly negative light while trying to pretend that it was doing it in a neutral fashion. And then someone left a comment on there saying, Actually, you left out these statistics from that report. Here's a link, and he listed some of them and said, here's a link to it. So if you really want to get a neutral interpretation, read this. So I was just like, oh, clicked it, you know, kind of skimmed through it. I'm just like, huh, huh. wow. <laughs> well, you know, context, you can always, people, context. Yeah, see, it's always more complicated than just a simple yes or no answer, right? Are cops yeah. corrupt? Yes, no. I mean, that's why you said I don't believe they are. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, the ones that I've run into, no. I, most of my experiences with police officers have been good. But that's because I have white privilege. <laughs> well, I, I also I sh- live in rural Indiana. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should also qualify and say I don't think we can prove necessarily that cops are corrupt or not by pulling them or this sorts of thing. Because, I mean, corruption itself is a bit of an ambiguous term. Yeah. Like, what do you identify as a systemic corruption in police officers or, you know, uh, police, state police power, that kind of thing, right? I mean, yeah. that uh, requires a lot more knowledge and definitions and specifics and common ground to really get a conclusion on of any kind. Yeah, it's something that is much more difficult to quantify than people think. And I honestly think a lot of it, at least for people who are outside of 
government outside of the police department. And this is and I bring this up in my piece. I think a lot of that resentment comes from other things, you know. If someone is engaging in illegal activities, they, you know, they don't like the cops because they don't want to get caught. And but for most people, it's just that they feel inconvenienced by the cops. So since they feel inconvenienced, it breeds a bitterness and a resentment in them so that yeah. maybe at the very least they feel subtly angry at police officers so that when you know uh, an incident like Ferguson gets overreported and a lot of people try to draw conclusions you know, inside of 5 minutes about it <laughs> saying this was obviously police brutality even the people who are just a little bit angry at the cops might jump up and say, yeah, it was done with the cops, kill the cops. Like what? You can't do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we it, live in America. Everyone's, you know, innocent until proven guilty. That's how it works. Well, it also probably is true that both sides of the culture have made it so that the stance against cops is either aggression or allegiance to one side or the other. Right. So, yeah. again, rap culture, this sort of thing, right? I mean, since we assume that rap is kind of an outpouring of artistic sensibilities of African-American communities or, you know, poor ghettos, whatever, right? So they have a natural thing to say, well, we're trying to get out of this particular situation and we do, you know, there's drug dealing and all this sorts of thing. So naturally, the police are the enemy. But on the mm -hmm. other hand, the police are somewhat afraid of these people to some degree yeah. <laughs> because they need to right keep the peace this sort of thing so they're naturally antagonistic towards them i don't know what the statistics are in racial profiling and this sort of thing but there's a not an acceptance of police officers as keepers of the peace instead they are seen as antagonists and yeah. then police naturally internalize this and become those antagonists unintentionally yeah well and what's interesting and the the news made something of a big deal about this, but then they just kind of neglect, you know, ignored it after a while. And that was – there was – I think it was – I can't remember if it was right before or right after Christmas. I think it was right after Christmas. There were a pair of New York police officers who were gunned down in their car by – I believe – what I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong on this. I do believe he was a black guy, but I know for sure that the reason he did it was because he was angry about stuff that was going on in Ferguson. Yeah. Halfway across the country. And he was so, also psychiatrically a little uh, yeah. off-kilter, I guess yeah. you could say. So he randomly killed these two cops who were just sitting in their car minding their own business. And what makes it ironic is I don't think either of them were white. I know one of them was Asian. Yeah, no, neither of them were. Yeah, so if his goal was to make some sort of statement about white cops oppressing black people, he failed pretty badly. Yeah. And he was schizophrenic, and I think he killed himself by getting hit by a train. <laughs> uh, right I shouldn't after. Laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I you laughed. Laugh oh my goodness. Oh, white privilege. I laugh. Your white privilege you. is really making this horrible. It's Nathan, not. why? Why? You've lost I, all your credibility. I have lost all credibility. I have white privilege and male privilege. I must be the Antichrist. Yeah, uh, yeah so. The heart. <laughs> Who can know it? All right. Well, I don't want to get too yeah. far into that. But anyway. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was my point. I mean, it's. 
I think that that I swear that that's why these things exist. This is why privilege theory is a bad idea. It's because it just gets used. Honestly, I'm just going to come out and say it. It gets used like a weapon. It's used to incite people. Yeah, and which, not to get anywhere. Yeah, and it doesn't get anywhere. It accomplishes nothing. You so, know, if these people who are cla- who are espousing it, they claim they're trying to help people, but it doesn't help anybody. Yep. That Okay, so here's our conclusion on white privilege based on the opinions of two white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> you should have had – I can't remember his name, but you you did have an African-American gentleman on the podcast once. You should have brought him on this. Yeah. See what he I think he would be in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't try to surround people. I don't try to surround myself with people who agree with me. It just happens. (laughs) Although you said, although you did mention that if we want to kind of get away from the the whole white privilege thing, you did mention that there were some things that you didn't necessarily agree with in the article yourself. I mean, if you want to, we don't have to talk about them, but I was a little curious. Oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, I think the things that I'm thinking about are more like. Is Dietrich Bonhoeffer's theology the right one? <laughs> and for me, it's a little ambiguous because I I know I've read a lot of Costa Discipleship, and then he has his concepts of uh, grace, which are a, a very I don't want to say unorthodox, but interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it would, we would be getting a little too far off topic because I want to talk about your other trolling. Oh, I want to talk about how you trolled people and then they trolled you back and then you got sad and you pulled your video. (laughs) I didn't necessarily troll any uh, troll anybody. I tried. I made the potential mistake of trying to reply in the comments, which really didn't help uh, on YouTube. And it just ended up just seeming like a fool's errand. So I decided to uh, temporarily lift the video. At least temporarily. I think I might put it back later once people calm the heck down. (laughs) And I will have the comments disabled. Now, on the other hand, and this might have potentially been a mistake, but I have to admit I was really proud with the work I did on this. (laughs) Um, I made a uh, a snarky response video. (laughs) I took screenshots of some of the comments put them in the video, read them, and then made humorous remarks about their comments. Now, I did my my best to not attack anyone That personally. sounds like worse. <laughs> that does not sound yeah. like a solution. Yeah, uh, I did my best not to attack anyone personally because I hate it when they do that. I tried to focus on the content of what they said and how they were acting and then i just i was just like i'm done with it after this if anyone else tries to troll me after this i'm done (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna filter the comments and ignore them (laughs) oh but i like i said i was kind of proud with what i said but the other reason i did it it wasn't necessarily just to kind of be snarky about it although i have heard that being humorous is actually a, a method of dealing with trolls but it didn't seem to work on your end. Not 100% because there were people who still tried to troll that video. just that I have a filter set up so that I can appro- I have to approve the comments before they're seen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to write a comment right now. I am a troll. <laughs> you have been trolled. <laughs> Trolling. <laughs> Etc. 
<laughs> so there you go. I have officially I trolled you. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Uh, so, yeah, I have that. So I do have that uh, uh, set up. But the thing that really uh, made me want to do it, as I mentioned at the at the end of the video, because at the end of the video, I don't get funny at all the last couple of minutes because there were there were a lot of comments getting thrown around on there about autism and Asperger's and, and it's things of that nature. The try, people are trying to accuse me of being autistic or whatever. And if they weren't insulting me by saying that, they were just making terrible, disparaging comments about people who suffer from autism. I am not autistic, but yeah, I could. I I, I don't think you are. Yeah, I'm not autistic, but I have a younger brother who has mild autism. Ah, okay. And I was wow. Huge, I could see how that would yeah. be horrible. <laughs> and I was, and. I was terribly offended by what they well, by these things that were being said, and I also have a couple of friends who who have Aspergers. They're wonderful people, so I felt like I needed to say something about about that. And I was genuinely angry, you know, about these comments as I couldn't stand them. I, I won't. I don't make fun of people who have conditions or disabilities, and I I find it to be one of the the pinnacles of cruelty to to do that especially when i have people who are close to me who are dealing with things like that and that was really what prompted me to make the video everything before those last couple of minutes which was me being snarky was really just me being snarky you know kind of defending myself a little bit those last few minutes that was that was me looking out for other people or at least taking a stand for other people at least that's how i looked at it Maybe it was ultimately just feeding the trolls. If it was, it's their last meal from me. <laughs> no, it does they, seem like you have positive comments, but I imagine were there a lot more negative ones that you did not approve? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, yeah, and there were you... there were terrible ones too. There were terrible yes. ones too. It was more. It was either more autism accusations or perverted ones. <laughs> well, that's kind of like what you kind of deserve in some sense for accusing a major popular franchise on the internet i mean yeah. youtube is not exactly known for its uh civility it's not <laughs> it's more known but... for its candor which in yeah. this case is candor using creative and sometimes misspelled insults yeah which is one of the things i have to admit kind of annoys me but unfortunately, I, I don't have a large enough following to you know to, to try any other video service. And really, the videos are just a, a, a hobby. I do them on the side. I'm a writer by trade, so yeah, you, you know monetized it, it. I think you were missing out on that. Possibly at this point. I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get insulted and trolled, I might as well make money off of it. Dang it. <laughs> the funny people do. <laughs> so I was like, go ahead, hate me all you want. You're making me money. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should leave that I should put that somewhere like, go ahead and hate me and watch my video 10,000 times you're making me money <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll stop and then they'll stop which will uh, give me the benefit of not dealing with their insults so uh, but, there is one solution to this don't make videos about 50 shades of grey possibly yeah on the other but, hand you should be allowed the right to express your opinion but maybe not in the typical YouTube way Probably not. That was probably your error. 
Yeah, I will admit it was probably my it was probably my error. I I don't think people quite got the got the joke. Yeah, well, it's the internet. They're not going to get the joke. They're not, they're <laughs> they're not going to. I've, I learned the hard. I, I relearned the hard way that uh, sarcasm and satire often go to the internet to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> die hard. <laughs> Because <laughs> no one's gonna get it. Not unless apparently you're someone like Angry Joe or the Angry Video Game Nerd. Then you can get away with it. Yeah, well, they're talking about video games. You're talking yeah, about Fifty Shades of Grey. It's important oh, because <laughs> it's completely different. It's important. It all depends man. on the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you actually I've... like see the movie or read the book in its entirety? I did not read the book in its entirety. Okay, uh, I read excerpts of it. Uh, I sat through. I did not. I refused to see the movie, but I, I I slogged through the first chapter, and then I read a few of the you know the tried to read a few of the steamier bits that were later, and I'm just like, you know what? Even if I think I'm more offended by this as a writer than I am a Christian, because this is <laughs> so, written so badly. Yeah, I think literary <laughs> critics universally agree it's not very well written. Oh my gosh, it it hurt. Well, Seriously, it hurt. It, it hurt did, so much. It did start as a Twilight fan fiction. Which, that doesn't help it right there. No, no, no. Uh, fan fiction does not make for good authors. I I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I have I've read well written fan fiction, and I know people who write fan fiction well. But they have but, to actually be familiar with the source material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a much deeper level than most people, they can't just write like whatever they want. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, even if I wanted to, I don't think I could make it through that book because it's written. It's just it's written so badly. I'm just like, I'm bored. <laughs> I can't. I, I was even trying to re, uh, read the uh, read the, you know, the naughty bits in the book. And I'm just like, this is still written stupidly and I can't get through it because it's written stupidly. Theology Gaming will write about this when there is a Fifty Shades of Grey video game. But for now, we're oh not going to Oh, God, I hope that never happens. Hey, I don't you know, think they can get away with it. Look, man. But then again, I didn't think a movie for this could actually happen. And then it happened. So, man, you're forgetting about Oculus Rift. I'm telling you, the future is here. <laughs> what the? I am not. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. I'm afraid to find out about that one. Uh, the Oculus Rift was is a basically VR technology for the future. There are plenty of actual video games being designed for it. So, Ooh, okay, I can see that you're really frightened now. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> slightly. Because at this point, the only thing I've come across that would be even close to a Fifty Shades of Grey, the game, which still terrifies me in concept, <laughs> uh, would be the so-called playable sex scenes from, like, God of War. But you never actually see anything. It's off-camera, and you just get QTE button presses popping up. Yeah, those are, like, those are like dumb and ancillary. I, I understand why they're in there, but... I was just looking at this like, really? You did this? Yeah, well, it's like Greek <laughs> mythology, or it's people's popular perception of it, or it's kind of like a representation of it. So it's not all that inaccurate. Possibly, but I look in the uh, as a QTE that, though, it's a bit strange. Yeah, I just looked at it, and uh, in the context of the game, I just thought, hmm, you know. It's just another piece of the uh, male power fantasy that is Kratos. <laughs> I get to bang hot goddesses. How is he a male power fantasy? Doesn't his, like, wife 
and son get murdered? Yeah, but then he gets all he gets all Hulk like about it and says, "I am rage. I must avenge them." But then and he's then like, "Kill I, everything." But then he's like, "I hate everything." <laughs> oh yeah, wait, I, I'm describing a teenager. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah. I, <laughs> well, a typical fans. teenager. Not yeah. me. I didn't have to rebel or anything. It was kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> you had a bad. Oh, not a bad. You had a boring childhood. Did you? Yeah, which means it was a good one. <laughs> oh, the good, child- good childhoods are boring childhoods. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we have no exciting stories to tell. I was a good kid, and I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've gone way far off topic. So, final conclusions about trolls and trolling. Ignore them for the most part, or respond to them in humor, and don't be a troll yourself. Or how should Christians respond to trolling? I think that actually that could be a whole uh, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. It could. I think. But just to say, uh, be kind in your criticism and try to present it in a way that can't be taken for an insult, which is very easy nowadays. But it can happen, especially yeah. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling, though, a lot of trolls are just, they're just going to latch onto something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, at some point it's inevitable, but I think if you either make it so exhaustive as to be incontrovertible, like I do with my gigantically long articles, or you make it so long and so confusing that people never read it or watch it, as per my articles and videos, <laughs> then, uh, you know, you'll never get any <laughs> criticism by anyone. Unfortunately, YouTube comments have a word limit. Oh, so wait. yeah, I thought they did it for a while there. Well, last I checked, I heard they had a word limit because they had that whole Google Plus thing. I <laughs> everyone complained about it was like YouTube was linked up with Google Plus, and you could write comments as long as you wanted. I, I don't know if any of that's true anymore, but yeah, I don't know. Most YouTube comments I see there are maybe five lines long at the longest. Huh. All right, well, <laughs> so we have uh, kind of discussed a, a lot of weird topics. Yeah, which is kind of typical for this podcast anyway. Yeah, we just kind of go off on topic on whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts, or should I just cut it off right here? No, nothing else is coming to my mind at the moment. Our minds are blank. The awkward <laughs> silence just proved that. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of Hearthstone. All right. Well, this has been the uh, <laughs> theology gaming sessions. Uh, basically, this is our one-in-one discussion thing where I put jazz on the background and uh, talk about things. Mm-hmm. And we talked about things. Although I didn't hear the smooth jazz. I'll have to listen to the finished product for yeah, the smooth you'll jazz. you have to listen to that and hear your wonderful, beautiful voice. All right, well, <laughs> Nathan, you That need... was kind of inching toward Fifty Shades of Grey territory right there. <laughs> All right, so well, <laughs> Nathan, you need to, like, shamelessly self-promote yourself, so do that now. Yeah, uh, my, uh, you can uh, check out my website, which is uh, Now, I, uh, That's where I blog, and I occasionally post some short stories, and uh, I also share my videos on there. 
And uh, you can find me on Facebook, which should be, I think it's facebook.com slash Nathan J.S. Marchand. That's my author page. And anything I produce, I funnel it through there. So if you don't see it on the website, it'll get it'll be sent through there. And so you'll be able to find my YouTube channel through there because I can't remember the URL for my YouTube channel right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll find you. It'll, you'll find you can, you'll you'll find it, and then you'll troll me. Then I might block you. <laughs> well, because <if laughs> that's my that's generally my response to trolls now. I just block them. <laughs> well, if you'd like to talk to either of us in a civil manner about white privilege or Fifty Shades of Grey. You could go on Facebook and join the Theology Gaming University Facebook group, where we talk about myriad things regarding video games and sometimes other topics. We are open to all those mm-hmm. things. Just ask for an invite to the group, and you'll probably get one unless you're a bot or something. In which case, I yep. will. And be prepared to be randomly recruited for podcasts. Yes, because that's what we do on Theology Gaming. We yeah. find people on the internet, and we put them on my podcast. Zach just pops onto the Facebook group and says, you with the face on my podcast. Get on here now. (laughs) Yeah, get on here. (laughs) All right. So if you liked what you heard today or if you didn't like it, uh, go to our iTunes. Well, don't trolls. Go to our (laughs) iTunes page. uh, Give us a five star rating and uh, give us some constructive criticism. We much appreciate it. And obviously, you can give criticism on TGU. That's also acceptable. Please visit theologygaming.com a whole lot. If you got it, this podcast on Theology Gaming, just subscribe to our iTunes. Instead, there should be a link to click on below. All right. I hope you enjoyed hearing my discussion with Nathan Marchand on the nature of trolling and Fifty Shades of Grey and white privilege. So, see you later, Nathan. <laughs> Bye, Zach. Bye-bye.